Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. I'm so happy that all of you can make it this morning to Social Church. Welcome. Can you find two or three people, give them a high five, and just welcome them this morning? Let them know how glad you are to see them in this place. Man, it's so awesome to be back. You may have your seat. I'm so happy to be back too. I missed you guys. But I know I left you in great hands. Left you in great hands the past three weeks but today we're getting ready to start a new series let me just say I know I was out for three weeks and that wasn't my plan at all my plan was to be out I think it was one or two of those weeks uh, because I was on vacation with the family one of the weeks the other one I was in a training and then the other one I was just like it was in between so I was like you know what might as well just take it um, and get the three weeks straight and I needed it to be honest with you uh, I realized that I had been preaching four series in a row, nonstop since last year, November. Um, every Sunday, I had been preaching, and I realized I need a break. I need a break. And not from you guys, obviously, but from preaching. <laughs> and, um, and thank God I was able to get that break and uh, recuperate some of that strength that I needed to be able to continue. And so you guys are going to have to hear me for another few months, nonstop. So we'll see. Bear with me because I don't know if I can remember how to do this. <laughs> Might come off a little rusty this morning. But today, it's a, it's a great day. Because today we're starting a new series titled Free Indeed. Free Indeed. Say with me, Free Indeed. And we're going to be talking about breaking free from those things that kind of just stay with us. I don't know, does anybody here, can anybody here admit that sometimes in our lives we have things that we can't get rid of? You know what I'm saying? Like every year, every year when it comes to the new year, we make New Year's resolutions. And when it comes time to it, we find ourselves putting the same thing on that list that we put last year and the year before and the year before. Seems like we just can't get over that and get rid of that thing that follows us or that we deal with on a continual basis. And I believe that God desires for us to be set free from those things. Amen. I, I know that it's not easy. And that's the reason why those things keep popping up in our lives. A lot of times, those things that we want to get rid of in our lives take a lot of willpower. They take a lot of willpower. And here's the truth. We can't overcome those things with just willpower. Willpower will not work. Something else has to come into play. There's a missing ingredient. There is a secret, if we want to call it that, that we need to 
apply in our lives. If we want to see and experience freedom in those areas where we find ourselves constantly dealing with on an ongoing basis. And then throughout this series, I'm going to share with you what that missing ingredient is so that we can find that freedom that Jesus wants for us to experience and to have in our lives. How many this morning can say, that's what I want? I want that in my life. I need that. There are things in my life I just, I want to get rid of. I want to get past. There's some things that I just don't want to keep on dealing with. And in this series, we're going to go ahead and tackle that. So as we start, I want to lay the foundation this morning. And I want you to take out your Bibles and go with me to the Gospel of John chapter 8. And we're going to read from verses 31 to 36. John chapter 8. We're going to read from verses 31 to 36. And I'm going to be reading from the New International Version this morning. Whatever scriptures we read will be taken from that version. So if you have your uh, Bible on your phone and you open up the app, you can switch the version. If you're using a different one, just turn to the NIV, the New International Version, and we'll be right on sync with that. If not, you can just look at the screen up here, and I believe we're going to have the Bible verses for you. So if you have that, can you just say amen right there where you're at? Amen. So the Bible says in John chapter 8, I'm going to lay the foundation, verses 31 to 36. Here Jesus is speaking to some Jews who had believed him. And it says, to the Jews who had believed him. And you could say that even, we, we could say that it was that believed in him, that he was the Messiah, that he was who he said he was. So to the Jews who had believed them, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And here I want you to get this before we move on this morning. Because when we speak of free indeed or freedom within the church or believers, many of us can question about why are we talking about freedom. Aren't we free already? We can be here this morning and we can be talking about, listen, I'm free. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm free. But listen, Jesus here specifically speaks to the Jews who had believed him. Say with me, they had believed him. You see, these are not unbelievers. These are not people outside of the disciples. These are people that had believed in him. Now, at what level their faith was, I don't know. But what the Bible tells us is that they did believe in Jesus. So Jesus is talking to those that believed him. And even amongst those that believed him, there were people that were probably experiencing some type of bondage in some area of their lives. They had believed Jesus, but probably they had not been willing to go all in and give everything that they were holding on to in their lives. And so I see the same thing happening in church today. I believe that many of us believe Jesus. We believe his word. That's why we're here. We believe in him. We know or we believe that he is the son of God. But then certain things happen in our lives which cause us to hold on to certain things that we don't give up or give in to, to let God take care of. And here... These Jews who had believed him were following Jesus, but their faith was not as strong. 
And Jesus told them, if you hold to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In other words, when you come to Christ, something happens in your life. You enter into a new life. The old person is no longer there. Now you become a new creation, that's what the Bible says. But here's the thing. When you become a Christian, not everything changes overnight. Come on, if your husband, wife is next to you, if somebody that you know is next to you, and you've known them for a while, just look at them. Be like, you know that's true. Not everything, not everything has changed. Come on, you know we're still dealing with some things in our lives that we didn't get rid of the moment we got saved. We wish and we hope and we pray that those things God would remove from our lives. But there are some things that we are still struggling with. Can I get an amen? Can I get somebody to be honest this morning at least? Somebody that can be honest. And what I'm trying to say is that sanctification, salvation is free. You, you don't have to do anything to earn it. All you have to do is believe. But sanctification, which is the process of becoming holy and becoming like Jesus, that's a process. And it takes a lifetime. We never get to a point of perfection in this world. We are always getting better and improving and becoming more like Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis. Not everything changes in an instant. We are in a process. Can you turn to somebody and tell them we're in a process? That God is dealing with me. There are things in me that I wish that I could get rid of, that I wish I didn't have to deal with. But listen, the truth is they're still there. Some of us still struggle with a lot of things in our lives. So it's a process. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is a process, and then. So it's a process in which we are being sanctified and becoming more and more like Jesus, but it doesn't happen overnight. But listen, their response, as Jesus told them this, their response was, listen, what are you talking about? Freedom. We don't need freedom. We are Abraham's descendants. You know, what are you talking about freedom? I grew up in church. What are you talking about freedom? I tithe. I serve in a ministry. What are you talking about freedom? I read my Bible. I do my devotionals. What are you talking about? And these disciples, they went back and they appealed to their father Abraham as the reason for why they saw themselves as free. They did not realize or recognize what Jesus said to them, that they were in bondage, that they were slaves and needed freedom. And so Jesus tells them, listen, whoever, everyone that sins is a slave to sin. Everyone, that includes everyone. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody can escape this. We were born into a sin nature. We are all sinners and we're in need of forgiveness. And the only one that can give us that forgiveness is Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus goes on to say, listen, a slave doesn't have a permanent place within the family. 
He doesn't have a permanent place within the family. Meaning that a person that comes to church can be part of the family of the church as long as he's here. But he doesn't have a permanent place. What makes you a Christian is not what you do. It's not what you do for God to obtain his favor. What makes you a Christian is the fact that if you have believed in Jesus or not. And if you truly live that out. And so he says, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but, but listen, but the son belongs to it forever. That means, he's talking about Jesus, Jesus belongs to it forever. We, everyone else is a slave. But here's, here's the good news. If the son who belongs to it forever sets you free. You will be free. That's the good news. Come on, can I get a better amen to that one? If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's good news. And that's what we're going to be talking about throughout this series, Free Indeed. We're going to be talking about how we can obtain that freedom that comes through putting our faith and our belief in Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Only him. We look to him. You see, because we all have areas in our lives that we can give to God. We all deal with things in our lives that we're probably not willing to give up yet and let God take care of. All of us are dealing with something. All of us in some area or another are dealing with something that we struggle with. And it's, for some of you, it might be an addiction. For some of you, it might be a bondage. For some of you, it might be something that might not go to that extreme, but it's still something that is a bad, destructive pattern that you deal with, a bad habit that you just can't get rid of. And it's sort of like an addiction because an addiction or a bondage or a bad habit is the thing that you don't want to do, but you find yourself doing. And then the thing that you actually want to do is a thing that you don't do. Oh. I know I'm not the only one that struggles with this. Paul even mentioned it. Paul said the things that I want to do I don't do and the things that I want to do I don't I can't do. Because there is a struggle. There is a battle. There is some sort of oppression. And you, we as believers can be oppressed at some level or another. But everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And Jesus wants to set us free. How many want that freedom this morning? How many say, I want that freedom in my life? So let's go a little deeper this morning. And I want you to go with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14. And we're going to go to see what Paul says. That can help us discover the reason why we find ourselves in this struggle. Why some of us find ourselves dealing with some certain habits or issues or problems that we can't seem to get rid of in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. And Paul writes to a church. It's a church of believers. These are believers. He's not talking to 
people that are out there, unbelieving people. He's talking about to Christians sitting in pews or sitting in chairs, listening to sermons, reading the Bible, going to Bible studies and small groups. These are the people he's talking to. And here in these few verses that I'm going to read, he talks about three different types of people. Three different types of people. Number one in verse 14, he says, there's the person without the spirit who does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The first type of person Paul talks about is the person that is unspiritual. Say with me, unspiritual. The unspiritual person is the person that doesn't have the spirit. You see, we all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. And before we came to Christ, we were dead in our sins. We were dead. We were dead. We didn't have, we didn't have that sense where we could understand or know that God was there or was real. But the moment you came to Christ, he gave you his spirit. And he filled you with that spirit. And now through the spirit living in you and abiding in you, you are able to live for God. You are able to recognize God. You are able to understand the things of God because he has given you his spirit. His spirit is in you and that's why you can know the things of God. But the person that doesn't have the spirit of God can't know the things of God. And so the things of God to him are foolishness like they were once to you. Hello, somebody. Like they were once to you. At one point in your life, you didn't care about God. You didn't care about coming to church. You weren't even thinking about it. It was probably in the back of your mind and probably some people talked to you about it. But you never really thought about God a lot. You never really thought about, man, am I failing God? Am I living for him? Am I doing the right thing? You just lived your life the way you wanted to live it and you didn't care. And that's the unspiritual person. That person doesn't have the spirit of God in them. They don't, they're not led by the Spirit of God, and so they live according to their own will and desires. That's what they do. The unspiritual person does what they want. They live the vida loca. They live however they want. They do whatever they want, when they want, and however they feel like they want to do it, they do it. Come on, somebody. And there are some people within the church that still live like that. They're in the church, but they're unspiritual. They come, but just because they come doesn't mean that they're Christians or they're believers. Unspiritual. Number two, verse 15, he mentions the person that is a spiritual person. And he says here that the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now this person that has the spirit of God, who is a believer, who has received Jesus Christ in their heart, they can understand the things of God. In fact, they want to do the will of God, not their own will. And some of you can testify to that change that took place in your own life. When you came to Christ, all of a sudden now you had a desire to want to do God's will. You had a desire within you to want to serve God. And it doesn't mean that every day in the morning you wake up wanting to serve God. Some days you have bad days. Some days you don't want to do the things that you need to do. There's that battle going on. 
But it means that the majority of the time, you do want to do the things of God. And you do have this conscience in you which tells you, man, you shouldn't do that. And it's not the conscience, it's the spirit of God that tells you when you're doing something wrong. No, 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 that's not the right thing. And when you're doing something right, it tells you that's what you should be doing. It's the spirit of God living inside of you that is leading you, guiding you. That's the spiritual person. And the spiritual person is the one that when he hears the voice of God within him, when he hears the voice of God leading him, he submits to God's will and says, God, do with me what you please. He doesn't do what he wants like Jesus said, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. That's the spiritual person. It's the person who is able to submit their will to the will of God and says, God, I would rather do what you want me to do than do what I want to do. That's the second type of person. But then there's a third type of person, and this person is the one that really a lot of times we've thought of as a person outside of the church, as an unbeliever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, now we're going to the next chapter, in verses 1 to 3, Paul says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Listen, I want you to get this. Because a lot of times when we see this and we hear the word, the word, worldly, we assume that a worldly person is somebody who is not a believer. It's somebody who is outside of the church. We use that language all the time. Come on, I, I grew up in church, I know. We talk about the worldly person as the person that's outside of church. He's not here. It's that those worldly people out there. But Paul, when Paul speaks of the worldly person, he's referring to a believer. But he's referring to an immature believer. He's referring to an infant, to a baby in Christ. A baby in Christ, an immature believer, he calls a worldly person. And this type of person is in the church. We have worldly people. Some of us have to admit this morning, we got some world in us. Come on, we got some world inside of us. We got some flesh working in us. And here's the thing. When he says this, he says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and there is quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And he goes on to describe what that worldly person does. That worldly person basically is in sin. Here in, in Corinth, they were basically just in jealous disputes among each other. They were jealous because some of them said they belonged to Paul and some of them said they belonged to Peter and other apostles. And each one had their preference as to who they followed. And some of them thought that they were better than others because of who they were disciples of. But Paul is saying, listen, we all belong to Jesus Christ. You see, it's not about what man we follow. It's about the one God that we serve. And we all belong to that one God. Because even those men that preach, that lead the church, they're just like you. There's this worldliness that is taking place. And listen, I wish that church was perfect. 
I've been pastoring church for 10 years. Now it's going to be 11 years. As a senior pastor, I've been in ministry for much longer than that. And I can't remember one time in my life where church has been perfect. Not one time. Where it's like, I've, I've said to myself, as I look at the leaders and I look at the congregation, and you deal with issues and problems and all kinds of things going on. You say, man, can't we all just get along? Church is messy. Church is not perfect. And a lot of times we're looking for the perfect church, not realizing that the moment that we go to that church that we think is perfect, we mess it up because we're messed up. We're messed up. And here's the thing. That many of us can't find freedom in our lives. We can't find freedom in the areas that we're not willing to let go of because we're not yet willing to recognize that we're in bondage in those areas. You see, the disciples said to Jesus, we are descendants of Abraham. What do you mean that we have to be set free? See, that's our attitude when we're believers and we come to church and we serve and we tithe and we do all the right things. We think that automatically we have obtained or bought our salvation by the things that we do. But there are still areas in our lives that we are struggling in. That we're dealing with. We just can't get rid of. And you know what we do with those things? We hide them. We're good at hiding them. So we come to church and we're like, hey, how you doing? How's it going? And we're like, in victory, my brother God is good. You know what I'm saying. Not everything is good. Come on, can we be honest this morning? Not everything is good. We got some world inside of us that we have to get rid of. We got some worldly things that we're dealing with that we got to give to God and say, God, here it is. I can't deal with it on my own. I've tried. Listen, I've tried to get rid of it by just sheer willpower. I've tried to overcome those things. But here's the truth. I keep on falling back into them. But there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. And Paul presents the problem. So Paul just presents the problem. If we just stick at Paul, if we continue reading, we'll find a better solution. And we'll hear what he has to say about how we can come overcome and become mature believers. But listen, he presents the problem. But if we go to Jesus, we find the solution. And I want you to go now to Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 18. Where now Jesus... After coming down from the mountain where he was transfigured, and many of you know the story, Matthew 17, verse 14 to 18. While he was up there, the disciples that were left on the bottom of the mountain were trying to cast out a demon. They were trying to heal this young man. And you know the story, but they couldn't do it. So the Bible says when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. 
he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. And Jesus says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus, the Bible says, rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. But here's the thing. The disciples couldn't cast them out. And we would read that and say, well, obviously, Jesus has to do it. He's the one that has the power. But the unique thing about this passage is that before they get to this point, the disciples had been sent out by Jesus two by two. And he had laid his hands on them, given them his anointing so that they could do the works that he was doing. And the Bible tells us that they went out and they performed miracles. The disciples, the disciples did this. And they healed the sick. And they cast out demons. You know the story. Because they come back to Jesus after having done this. And they were all celebrating Jesus. The demons obeyed us. They, when we cast them out, they went running. And Jesus said, don't, don't, don't get happy about that. Get happy that your name is written in the book of life. So the disciples, the disciples were performing miracles. So this is a unique situation because now they get to a place where they try to do the same thing they've been doing, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. They try to cast out the demon. But it doesn't come. Have you ever felt like that? That there are things in your life, man, that, are, that were easy to get rid of. The moment you came to Christ, there were some things that just fell off. I've, I've heard testimonies of people that when they came to Christ, their addiction to smoking was gone in an instant. Their addiction to drinking was gone in an instant. But I've also talked to people who, who did not experience that. Who came to Jesus and they continued struggling with smoking. They continued struggling with drinking. They continued struggling with other sins. I'm not going to mention all of them here. Too many. But you know what your sin is. You know what your issue is. You know what that thing is that you can't get rid of. Because we all have it. We all deal with it. We all struggle with some area that we try to work out in our lives, that we try to push it out, that we try to get rid of, but it's still there. Jesus offers the solution. How is it that we can get to a place where we can find freedom, not just in some areas, but in all areas? How is it that we can get to a place where we can find the freedom that God desires for us to have? In those areas that we're struggling with. And I believe that's what God wants for us. And I came to tell you this morning, get ready. Because I believe that 2019 will be a year in which God is going to help you and empower you. So that you can become free in those areas that you've been struggling with. But Jesus basically says. He says, oh unbelieving and perverse generation. Here are two issues, two problems, two things that cause you to continue struggling with the same thing over and over again. Here are two situations, two problems that don't help us to move on and beyond those things that 
would probably want. Number one, he says, unbelieving generation. And if I was to define unbelieving, it would be somebody who's not connected to God. Who probably doesn't mean that they don't believe completely. Doesn't mean they're an atheist. It doesn't mean that they're on the far left. It just means that they probably lack something. They're unbelieving. Because their faith only takes them to a certain level. And when you're an unbelieving person at some level or another, we could probably say that you're not as connected to God as you would like to be. Can I get an amen to that? We're probably not as connected to God as we would like to be. So there are things in our lives that we still struggle to believe, to accept, to receive from God. We don't give into or trust in him or completely. You see, because if we did seek God the way we're supposed to, and if we did pray as we're supposed to, I guarantee you that things would be different. But here's the problem. The reason why they couldn't cast them out is because they're unbelieving. They're not connected to God. But the second one is that they're perverse. They're perverse, meaning that here in this situation, they're way too connected to the world. Unbelieving means that you're not connected to God. Perverse means that you're too connected to the world. And this problem is probably that problem that we battle with. We struggle to connect to God. And we find it hard to disconnect from the world. And in that tension in our lives that we live in constantly, Wanting to serve God, but being too connected to the world in that tension in between that we live in, we experience bondage. We experience bondage. We experience oppression in certain areas of our lives. We can't get rid of these things. We can't overcome them because we're in the middle. We're unbelieving. We're perverse. We're not too connected to God. Way too connected to the world. And something has to change. So now in verse 19, Jesus says to them, because they go to Jesus in private, and now they ask him, why couldn't we drive it out? What was the problem? Why was the reason why we couldn't drive it out? Why couldn't we overcome it? And he replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I just want to stop right here to encourage you this morning. And I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what it is that you're struggling with. Nothing is impossible for God. Whatever it is that you are dealing with, God has the power to destroy it in your life. He has the power to break the chains once and for all. And I'm believing 2019 is going to be a year of breakthrough. A year of breakthrough for you in those areas that you've been struggling with. But listen, here's what Jesus says now. He says, he says to them, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. If you look at your Bibles, and I struggled with this as I was preparing, because the NIV and the newer versions, the ESV, the New Living Translation, the Message Bible, any, any newer versions of the Bible, 
don't have verse 21, this verse. They don't have that verse. If you still use the King James, you'll find it there. If you use the NASB, you'll go there and it's inside of brackets. And the reason why is because, uh, just to make a long story short, I don't want to go into this. This is outside of the message. But the reason is because earlier manuscripts did not have this verse. It seems like as time went by and the scribes, the people that copied the Bible, because we didn't have printing presses before. And so as they copied the Bible by hand, one of them at some point added that verse. And the manuscripts, the portions of the manuscripts that we had found contain that verse 21 where it says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. But they found another manuscript which was earlier than this one, and that one they didn't have it, so they took it out. Basically, that's the story. They took it out. So it doesn't matter to me whether it's him or it's how. It's, still in the, it's in the Bible. It could be in the Bible. It's there. But listen, I believe there's a key right here. I believe it's powerful key. I believe that if we look at this, we'll see where we find that ingredient that we need to receive freedom in those areas of our lives that we're still struggling with. These two areas, a lot of times as believers, we, we, we honestly, we ignore. We ignore these two things which are considered disciplines of the life of a believer. And listen, can I be honest with you? A lot of times that Christians have come to my office, that members have come to my office, that People have come to my office seeking advice. Pastor, can you counsel me? Please, I need your help. I'm struggling. I'm dealing with the situation. You know, sometimes the first thing I ask them is, are you praying? And you know what 99.9% .9 of the people tell me is no. Come on. If I, all right. First they tell me yes. Yeah, I pray, you know, as I'm driving to work, you know, speak to God in my mind. No, but I say, are, are you praying? Like, are, are you taking out time? Out of your day, intentionally. And, and are you taking out 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of your time, disconnecting your phone and disconnecting from social media and disconnecting from the world and saying, God, here I am. I'm going to seek your face for 30 minutes or one hour. Are you praying like that? And the answer of 99.9% .9 of the people is, just don't have time. Well, listen, we have time to watch Netflix for eight hours and binge on a show for seven, five hours straight. And we don't have a problem. We have time. We have time to get on the phone and, and gossip for two hours and talk about an issue. We have time. We have time to go on social media and post things and find pictures and take selfies. But we don't have time to pray. And then we come to church and we're struggling and we say, we're struggling. There are areas that in our lives that we just can't overcome, things that we can't get rid of. And then we ask ourselves, why? And here's the thing, they only come out by prayer and fasting. The two things that we ignore in our life. I'm there. I'm not saying praying is easy. I'm not saying developing a discipline of prayer is easy. What I'm saying is that when you do develop it and you discover the secret that is within that discipline, you realize, man, that prayer is the air that a believer breathes 
in. You can't live without it. The power that you need in your life to overcome those obstacles and those things you struggle with can only be found when you get on your knees and you submit to God and say to him, God, let your will be done, not mine. Prayer connects us to God. You see, unbelief disconnects us from God. Prayer connects us to God. That's why Jesus said, listen, this kind does not come out but by prayer and fasting. And then fasting. What a wonderful discipline. But not practiced by many. I'm not even going to say anything about that. I'm just going to leave it right there. Fasting disconnects us from the world. And you, and you can fast by not eating. You can fast from Netflix. You can fast from media. You can fast from whatever you want. But fasting is the thing that you do to show that you depend on God and not on anything else. Like Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, what feeds me spiritually is God, his word, his truth. And sometimes we have to be willing to let go of some things in our lives to say, God, here I am, do with me whatever you want. And sometimes that means that we got to cut some things off. That means that sometimes we got to let go of some desires Man, that just haunt us, that are with us all the time. I want to start another 21 days of prayer. I want to start another 21 days of prayer. Because for those that have been part of it know the experiences that we've had when we seek God first above all things. Listen, I want to tell you, man, that something happens. Something changes when you begin to seek God in prayer. And when you begin to fast, to say to God, God, all I want is you more than anything else. Something happens. I want to start 21 days of prayer on April 1st, which is a Monday. And go 21 days till April 21st, which is a Sunday, and it's Easter Sunday. Last day. Of that 21 days is Easter Sunday. And here's what I'm believing. I'm believing it for you too. I'm believing that those things that have been, that you've been struggling with, the things that you've been dealing with are going to break off in these 21 days of prayer. I'm believing that the things that you've been praying for, that you still haven't gotten an answer for, you're going to get in these 21 days of prayer. Can I give you a testimony? In the last, not the last, but the 21 days of prayer before the last one that we did. And day 19, we had been praying specifically for the finances of the church. And for 10 years as a pastor of the church, I had been dealing with a mortgage that was way too high for what we could afford. And there was no way, man, of getting rid of that mortgage. I talked to the bank. I talked to lawyer. I talked to people. And nobody could do anything. 
10 years dealing with that. And while we were praying in 21 days, on day 19, the lawyer for the bank called me and said, Pastor, we know that God is doing great things with you guys there at the church. And I want to ask you, what is it that is comfortable for you guys to pay? Because I want to help you out. I don't know but if you understand what I'm talking about. But nobody does something like that except for God. Those are the things that only God can do when you disconnect yourself from the world and you connect yourself to God and you say, God, here I am. I don't just want to give you one area of my life. I want to give you my whole life. I want to give it to you because I know that you're the only one that can set me free. He's the only one that can set you free. He's the only one that can give you the freedom that you need in that area of your life. And I want you to stand to your feet. He's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can bring that freedom. And I want to tell you that here's, here, here's our resolution. Here's our resolution. You will only be able to find freedom, true freedom, in the area that you're struggling with when you allow the Spirit of God to lead you. That's the only time when you will be able to experience freedom. And that's what God wants, to give you that freedom that you so desperately look for or seek in your life. So what does that mean, Pastor? That means that we have to set an objective for this year. And prayer. You need to pray. Pray. James chapter 4 verse 2 and 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasure. So there, there's a shift. That needs to take place. It's a change. We don't have, many of us don't have, haven't received that freedom. We're still struggling with certain things because we, we, we're not asking for the right things. We're not praying. And, and this year, you need to set an objective and say, you know what, this year I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to do something different that I haven't done. In the years past. And I don't want my 2019 to be the same as my 2018. I declared at the end of last year. I declared that this was my year. I declared it. And you know what? The enemy has fought. And the enemy will fight. When you stand up and you make a declaration. Man the enemy's not just going to flee and go away. And say okay you can have it. He's going to fight you for it. You're going to fight. It's going to be a struggle. You're going to have good days and bad days, ups and downs. But you know what? Jesus said to those the disciples who had believed him, if you hold to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. That means, listen, bad days are coming. But true disciples, true disciples persevere. They persevere in the bad. Through thick and thin. They don't give up. They don't give in. They don't go back. 
Listen, we're going forward. I came to tell you, you're going forward in the name of Jesus. I don't know what it is that you're struggling with, but I'm declaring freedom over your life. 2019, I'm declaring financial freedom. I'm declaring that you're going to be set free from bondages. God is going to heal you physically and heal you internally, emotionally. I'm declaring that those of you that are in debt are going to get out of debt. 2019 is going to be a year in which you're going to walk in the freedom that God has for you. So set an objective for this year. Say, God, I'm in prayer, in prayer, set an objective in prayer and say, God, you know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to put you first in all things. First day of the week, Sunday, it belongs to you. God, I'm not going to put anything else on that day. I'm going to make it my goal to worship this year, Sunday after Sunday. I'm coming to join my brothers and my sisters. I'm going to worship. You know what? Some of you need to set an objective and say, you know what? I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to get baptized this year. This year, I'm, I'm going to start a small group. I don't know what it is for you, but you need to set an objective in prayer and begin to pray about it. Begin to pray. Say, God, lead me. Let your spirit lead me. Until now, you've been letting your desires lead you. But you have to let go of that and say, God, let your spirit lead me. I submit to you. Let your will be done and not mine. Because when we do, then we'll experience the freedom that we're looking for. And that God wants to give us. Lift, raise your hands right there. Right now I'm going to declare this over your life. God, I declare. I declare that you become first in each and every one of their lives. And as we lift our hands to you this morning, God, we humble ourselves. We submit ourselves to you. Here we are. We submit to you. Here I am, God. Can you, can you tell them? God, I said, forgive me. If, if there's sins that are unconfessed just confess them right now just to, before God just confess them in your heart you don't have to tell me you don't have to tell the person next to you but God knows your heart can you just confess them and let go of them and say God I put them at your feet God forgive me for these things that, I, that I've been doing I declare my dependence on you and I choose to refocus on the spiritual this year God I'm going to seek you I'm going to take out time to be in your presence and I invite your presence into my life right now. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Come on. Invite him into your life right now. Tell him, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. And right now, we cast out all unbelief and doubt. Unbelief and doubt, we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We declare that your faith, your faith rises this morning. So that you can believe God for good things this year. I know, I know the struggle is real. I know the battle is tough. I know that your circumstances are probably not what you expected. But listen, don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy cause you to doubt because of them. Stand firm in your belief and in the promises of God. And choose to believe them. starting April 1st, 21 days of prayer.
If you're far from God, this is the time to say, God, I'm coming to you. If you're disconnected from him, this is the time to say, God, I'm going to be led by your spirit. I need a fresh start right now. Come on, if you, if you can say that, say, God, I need a fresh start this morning. I'm ready. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to go all in. Here I am, Jesus. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. I declare healing over your life. Transformation. Change. The power of the Holy Spirit to live for God. You don't have to do what the enemy tells you to do. You don't have to live in bondage to that sin. The devil is a liar. Amen. You've been freed. You've been given freedom in Jesus Christ. Come on, rise up this morning. You are a child of God. You're a child, you're a son, you're a daughter of the King. Stand up this morning. Persevere. You're going to make it. I declare it over your life. You're going to make it. Your family's going to make it. Your children are going to make it. Come on, you're going to make it in your finances. You're going to make it in your career. Things are going to change for good. In the name of Jesus, we declare freedom. Freedom. Power of God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, put your hands together. If you received that this morning. We're going to walk in freedom this year. I'm declaring we're going to walk in freedom this year. You're going to walk in it. You're going to walk in the promises of God. In the name of Jesus. This is going to be the best year. This is going to be the best year. It will be. Not because you won't have any problems, but because you will choose to put your full and total trust in God. And when you do, you'll experience the freedom that only He can give. Amen. Listen, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but listen. Freedom is not the ability to be able to do whatever you want. A lot of us believe that freedom is all. Freedom is that I can do what I want. When I want, it's freedom. No. Freedom is the ability to do good. When you want to do good and not do bad when you don't want to do bad. That's freedom. It's the ability, the power to be able to do good. And that's the type of freedom that God wants to give us. So don't miss any of these sermons that are, we're going to be touching on for the next few weeks, three more weeks of this, four messages in the, in the series Free Indeed. This is the first one. We're laying the foundation this morning. Next week we're going to continue. We're going to go a little deeper next week. Come on, bring a friend, bring a neighbor, bring a family member. Don't come by yourself so that they too can experience the freedom that God wants to give them. Do you believe that? Come on. Can you, can you begin to pray for a friend this morning? When you leave this place, pray for somebody that you're asking God to save, to heal, to do something in their lives. Begin to pray for them.
And as you pray for them, ask God to show you how you can approach them so that you can invite them and they can be part of what God is doing here at Social Church. Love you. It was great to be back. I can't wait to see you guys again next week. God bless you. I don't know if you Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.